Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer, and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Ladies and gentlemen, and we're so glad you tuned in tonight to Raising Expectations because uh, you being here makes it worth us being here. And we pray you had a great day. And after this program, you're going to be encouraged and strengthened to walk with the Lord, to watch what He's doing in your life, to get information from our special guest tonight that's going to encourage and strengthen you. And we're so glad that, that Stephen's back with us tonight. But very quickly, in case you tuned in for the first time to Raising Expectations, shame on you. We've been around a year. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm glad you are tuning in tonight. And uh, we have a wonderful team of co-hosts. I'm Joe Schofield. I am blessed by these people every week. I want to introduce them quickly so you'll know who they are. First of all, we have Dr. Paul Hall, who is a retired pastor, but not theologian, because he still, every week, every day, is always theologian. I see log today. It was fun. You did, yeah. You did, amen. He's I did. Theologian, he's theologian, helping people every day along the way of life. So we're glad you're here, brother. Good to good to be with you. Paul's been my buddy over fifty years, so uh, we've had a wonderful time together serving the Lord. Also, we have with us uh, Stephanie Thayer, who's a health and wellness coach who is uh, in the Peach State with a wonderful husband, Dr. Craig Thayer. We call him Tank as a term of endearment. He's one of the most wonderful guys you're going to meet. He's brilliant. He's a surgeon. But more than that, he loves the Lord. And uh, anything ever happens to me, I want him taking care of me. Right, Paul? That's, That's right. Yeah, amen. I want him taking care of me. And uh, so as we look, what was that? Very nice. Yeah, right. I'm not worried. He can handle it, Steph. He's got it. He's got it. And and the newest member of our team that is just a blessing and a half all the time. We're always hearing wonderful stories about Ron. And uh, I want to welcome you to our middle United States connection. And that's Pastor Ron Greer, all the way from the Dallas area in McKinney, Texas. And uh, Ron, say hi to the folks. Ron. <laughs> Ron is a speaker. He's with uh, a great group, Man in the Mirror out of Florida, helping men become discipled and to grow. He's been a pastor, ran for Congress, you name it, he has done it. He's got a background that is exciting to me. That's a group of people you're going to look forward to meeting and hearing from all week. So our guest tonight is back for part two, and we're blessed to have with us all the way from 
Santa Rosa, California, and that is Stephen Corbizud, and he is not just a financial expert. We heard a story of his life last week, and this man loves the Lord. He's walked with the Lord. He's learned what it means to watch God work in his life. He and his wife are a blessing to just countless numbers of people. And uh, as he shared that testimony, we know now why he has a call to help people today, as he does. And we've got some great questions tonight. So you might want to jot a few questions down and go to the website uh, on the bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations, as you know. And you can send questions in, too, and uh, get them to me or get them to anybody here. We're all on there, and we'll make sure we get them to Stephen Stephen, welcome to Raising Expectations, and let's welcome Stephen in all the way from Santa Rosa. Good to have you with us. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Uh, Honestly, it's uh, I've actually been looking forward to this all week long, and um, and I'm and I'm not sure why because we're in our busy season. (laughs) But it's it's you. It's it's you. It's really um, the proof is in the pudding. (laughs) <laughs> and and I, I just had a little bit of time to hear um, from Craig and Stephanie last week. Um, they, I realized how powerful his comment and question was, mm-hmm. and I wanted to come back to that. And, um, and I can just tell. I mean, I've, we've not met in person, but I can see you guys here on Zoom, and I can tell that you live what you talk about. Amen. And, um, and you're not afraid to talk about it, which is even more important. Uh, especially in these times where truth matters and uh and ron you as well you've got some crazy stories but i know that that (laughs) that that just means that uh you've got a lot to share um and um and i'd love to hear more i know you asked some really good questions just practical questions last week i i want to dive into some more of those as well oh good i got some and, and and Dr. Paul, I, I didn't hear you say a word last week, so <laughs> I was theologing. I was theologing. Yes, Pastor Paul. <laughs> it's, it's a contact sport, and sometimes we body him out of there. So, <laughs> so I definitely want to hear from you. It's <laughs> and he's so kind, and he's so patient, and so sometimes he gets run over by us, and so I think Paul oh. should get to go. Well, Amen. You, you are so kind. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, Stephen, last week you talked about the penalties for not uh, meeting particular deadlines. Uh, I'm one of those people. I, I was really healthy. I thought I was really healthy about, you know, six years, seven years ago. And I didn't have the prescription drug plan. Uh, you know, I had Medicare A and B, uh, but I didn't have the drug plan. And then, then when I, got in a position where I had to get some medications, I found out, oh, hello. And I thought, well, how long does this last? A year? No, for the rest of my life. You know, I'm paying that penalty for that that uh, that prescription drug thing. And it's so critical. Uh, and, and I'm glad there are people, you know, like you that, you know, we're blessed that you can give good, adequate information because, uh, when you're caught with things like that and you think, well, that, that can't be so well, it, it's, it's so, uh, you know, so when I get these prices for these new, uh, drug plans, I do comparisons. I always have to tack on that penalty, uh, because it, it's, it's with me the rest of my life. So I really appreciate you bringing that up, you know, um, and I, I think it's so critical. It's like walking through a minefield, listening to Ron last week, 
you know, so many questions. And, and when you call, when you call, uh, what are you going to hear, you know, from whom, you know, whose opinion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I just want to thank you for being honest and upright and, and for, and, and, and really forward in your, uh, in your description of that. And I really look forward to you delving more into those, those kinds of things tonight, because it's, it's just really helpful, really helpful. I appreciate it. Great. And, and um, Pastor Paul, there is a form that CMS offers for people that are in the penalty box. Mm. Um, and it's an appeal process and it's worth putting on file. We, we don't often see those turned over by CMS, mm -hmm. um, but there is always discussion. Congress is always working behind the scenes. They get enough of those complaints and, um, and maybe they'll act upon those. So you can get that right off the CMS website. Are you saying CMS? Yes, yeah, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid gotcha. uh, Services, Centers for Medicare. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a pretty big site, but if you search it, and I can get that form over to you as well, make Thank it available. You. Great, great. Good news. I'd love to see that drop off. It's not, it doesn't, by itself, it doesn't sound so consequential until you multiply it by 12 right. Right. and then you exactly. multiply it by years yeah. uh, and you realize that's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. That's good information. Thank you so much. Especially for folks on uh, folks on the We get a little more specific, I guess. So I've seen a lot of pastors because they have certain exemptions as being a pastor for different taxes and stuff, that they end up like electing not to take on Medicare. And then they end up in this same trap that we're talking about. So it's it's really a common at least i've seen pastoral flaw that they do that so it seems like that's a hopefully cms has recognized that they didn't understand what they were doing when they chose that i don't have you seen that is there a do, do they kind of like oh yeah pastors are just a group that tend to fall on that by accident and they get a little bit more grace or no um, you know, I've, I've not heard that before that particular demographic, but it makes sense. There are groups of people who do not pay into say social security, um, because they're on a, a, a like a public pension, um, like teachers, they pay into STRS and sometimes they don't actually pay into and or PERS and they don't uh, pay into social security because they've not worked in that realm. Um, and so they face other consequences, but it seems like that would be, I've, I've heard other things about challenges that pastors face. It's the first time I've heard that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a, that's a, that sounds like a real need to reach out to pastors with that particular bit of information. You know, especially, especially young pastors, because, uh, when I, when I, first started in the ministry, I had a, a window to make a decision whether or not to participate in Social Security or et cetera. And a, a wise, godly uh, man who was an insurance agent said, uh, you don't want to opt out of this program. You know, you 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 want to participate. And uh, boy, that, you know, thank God he was in my life at that particular moment, because making that decision has really made uh, made a tremendous difference, you know, and so 
Yeah, it's a real pastors are pretty naive sometimes, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we just say, well, Jesus, take care of it. Well, <laughs> he didn't want us to be stupid. Uh, and so, uh, so, you know, that's, that's just a good point. Thank, thank you, Tank. Good, good thing. Yeah. And Jesus says, yeah, I have taken care of it. I gave you a brain. right (laughs) you know just the other side of that it makes me think um often we can um once we are married um and even previously married so it doesn't have to be currently married but if we were married and our spouse paid into social security medicare Mm. there is some eligibility rights that we have there Mm. Um, and i just spoke with a woman this week that um, has found herself single and divorced and now signing up for Medicare. And, um, but she was able to go back and utilize her husband's benefits that he had paid into while she was a stay at home mom. So in essence, I mean, pastors are kind of in the field and they're working, but it's a, it's a completely different role. Um, so it is something to consider as looking at your spouse's, uh, uh, past, past payments into social security, Medicare. I know a lot of pastors and their wives that work, frankly, uh, just because they're not getting paid enough. Um, I think about Joe, I'm just going to be candid right here. Um, I don't know a lot about Joe's career, um, but I know that, and I can't get specific for HIPAA reasons, but I know that uh, we've worked together. And, um, and, and so there is, Joe had the um, the necessary information, let's just say, to be eligible as we had a, a discussion. So I'm not going to tell your age, Joe, or get into the details. Um, but, um, you know, it does come down to um, um, revenue and just being able to, as a pastor, um, and or continue on with ministry, we trust. Uh, well, we trust God, right? He's given us a brain, like Doctor uh, Doctor uh, Ron said, but yeah, Doctor Ron. Yes, but we still have to trust Him for our revenue. Sorry, yeah. sorry, <laughs> I'm just getting confused. But, but I want to put in a, a plug for pastors. Yeah, they they still need support. Yeah. So especially if you didn't pay into Social Security and Medicare, mm-hmm. you've got to have the church, or you've got to have people of ministry, or people of faith, or um, people that like my wife and I that are wealth producers, if you don't tell us, we don't know. Mm-hmm. I was I was stunned to find out that my pastor was still still paying, still working, and his wife was still working uh, to make ends meet. Yeah. And uh, so um, ministries like this that Joe's providing, that you guys are providing, I don't know how you all earn your income, but um, this, to me, this is a great ministry that brings to light these issues. And, and when I found out was Joe, what Joe was doing, I couldn't help but say, Hey, how can I contribute? So I don't know who listens to this or who's, you know, where your sources come from, but um, this is a viable ministry right here to support and for people to support and, and to help get the word out. So um, good, good, good point. In on that too. So I actually I have all these thoughts after we got off of our our show last week. We 
we had so many talks because I had no idea the ins and outs and all of that. But I would love to echo what you're saying about pastors. You know, there's um, some weird stigmas around it. And Craig and I have often talked because we've been very involved in in the churches that we go to. And, um, you know, I thought he was the most on-call person I've ever met, uh, with maybe the exception of some first responders, like, like fire, that kind of thing. Well, he saves your physical being, but pastors are on call all hours and they are also there and often in the worst situation. So he may be in ICU. He's doing the physical. They are having the come to Jesus, literally the come to Jesus conversations with people and the emotional drain and all of that. And so we want our pastor available to us and There are many people that are more than arm's distance away from their pastor. They aren't supporting their pastor. They aren't asking what they can do for them, those kinds of things. And then the expectation is that they're there. And there's this weird thing in our society that if somehow they make a even livable wage, that's a problem, let alone a good wage. So if you are a CEO, and a lot of people will understand this, but if you're a senior pastor of a church, it is it is a business. There is some in and out flow that has to occur. It is okay for them to make a decent, good living. Right. And if they are shepherding their people, I just wish we had a change of heart about that because I can't tell you how many times we've dropped off car seats. Pastors can't even get car seats for their children. Like, well, yeah. yeah, it's... Well, it, yeah. It's not okay. So I love that you said that because. Or for a worship pastor who's having a baby that didn't have a car that ran. So it's like, yeah. There is no bigger calling than saving your soul. And yet we say it has that. And and, and I'll call you back to scripture. And I am not a pastor, but if you look, they were supported. So in Old Testament, they were fully supported and the community rallied around them. You guys, we need to value those that are carrying very heavy emotional spiritual weight for us yeah. Yeah. one of the uh, uh, the uh, experiences i have i'm re- i'm a recovering pastor myself but <laughs> uh I, but i think one, that's one of those uh as as you've alluded to one of those uh little known facts uh because people see pastors in large churches who make you know make great salaries and get benefits and they're unaware that the vast majority of, of churches are actually small churches mm-hmm. uh, with pastors. And their pastors have stayed at churches no more than two or 300 people for 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, you find out after the fact uh, that they live in basically poverty after they leave those, those churches and retire. Um, Having at least a handful of friends who experienced that. Uh, which is why there's a couple uh, former pastors themselves have started a relief agency just for that ministering to pastors. Mm. And one of the one of the the uh, one of the, uh, the the other lack there is usually Social Security or some kind of retirement. Uh, they have very little money. They, they depend on Social Security and then Medicare. Uh, but as you alluded to before, because they're in the smaller churches uh, and someone hasn't connected with an accounting person or a firm, someone who takes care of their taxes and all those sorts of things on a regular basis, they end up not paying in social security enough quarters to qualify for Medicare down the line. 
and yeah, it, it, there's a lot of horror stories there. Uh, I believe it or not, I was a part of the what was the largest Black Baptist church in the Midwest for during the 60s and 70s. Uh, and the pastor of that church was the head of the National Baptist Convention, mm-hmm. uh, E.B. Phillips. He was renowned. Uh, when he and his wife retired, they the house they we thought was theirs belonged to the church. When mm-hmm. they, he retired, he lost that house. He and his wife moved to southern Illinois and lived in a trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically ended up in Barbary. Uh, it just it was one of those things that just boggled my brain as a 15-year-old. And unfortunately, it was one of those number of things that Satan used to convince me to leave the church. But that's another story. <laughs> but again, it 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 is. It's one of those one of those well unknown sort of tragedies that take place among pastors. Uh, because most pastors are uh, don't receive large salaries. There are a whole lot of them that are bi- bivocational. They work in pastor church uh, because they have to. But anyway, so but I, I do not have another question about the Medicare coverage. <laughs> uh, we oh, talked yeah, last week about Part A and B. Uh, so there's this weird Part uh, D, and the donut hole, and and then the, uh, the Medicare gap insurance. Uh, none of those confusing things that that I, I ran into and had no clue. Yeah. So I, and I know a lot of people like me because I mentioned those things. That a lot of people close to my age and they go what <laughs> so, yeah you better learn these terms <laughs> so can, can you also tell us about that sure um that's a that's actually a very challenging question it is the most challenging question that we get and clearly explaining that is actually rather difficult honestly yes it's for us as agents um in fact I thought I knew something after the first year of Medicare and I challenged one of my support um, members who had been in this space for years. And I said, no, that's not the way it works. And I was just certain. I said, I've been studying this for a year. And he said, I'll bet you breakfast. And I paid for breakfast. So (laughs) I've made it a point to, to uh, actually work to explain, but I'm going to tell you an embarrassing story but it's, it's real. Mm -hmm. I was in with a group of people, about 45 people last week. Mm -hmm. And a a gentleman in the audience asked a prescription drug question. And he asked about that, that gap or the Mm -hmm. donut hole. And there's two different ones. So I'll start here explaining the story. And he presented it before the whole audience. And he was a little angry, frankly, because he couldn't get a straight answer from the insurance company. He had called them two or three times and got different answers. Mm-hmm. He had spoke to a couple of other people and he was, he was mad because he couldn't get a straight answer and he ended up spending more money out of his pocket. Mm-hmm. So he asked the question right in front of the room and the presenter wasn't expecting that. It was a, a, one of my trained agents and it set her back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, another gentleman that was assisting stood up and said, I can answer that question. Now, the only reason he could answer it is because we're required as agents to take a federal test. And it's about, well, once you do it a few times, it's like taking the bar exam. That's what attorneys tell me. And you have to take it every year. It's about eight hours of study. um, And then it's a two-hour exam. And he had just taken that test. So he was able to answer that question. (laughs) But I didn't know the answer to it. (laughs) 
and I was the guy in the audience that was supposed to know. <laughs> so I stepped out of the room, and you remember that show where you could ask three people, you have lifelines? <laughs> I used all three of my lifelines. <laughs> And nobody knew the answer. The mm. people that I thought were supposed to know. And one guy said, let me get back. And so I sat down and he texted me the answer. He texted me the Centers for Medicare's response. Mm. And I was like, thank God the young gentleman in the room answered the question correctly. Mm. So <laughs> even senior agents, and we had six or seven of them in the room, mm. we had doubt. So it's okay not to have the answer, but you definitely have to go get the information. So mm. let me try to humbly share this process. And if I get it wrong, I'm gonna stop myself. But <laughs> here's how part D, you said the D program works. There are two ways. I'm actually gonna hold this back up again because I held this up last week. And I'll tell you, this <clears throat> is the simplest form or way that I can explain it that I go back to. So I'm going to just re refresh our memory. A and B, part A and B, uh, we pay premiums uh, either, like we discussed earlier, pastors are getting stuck in this place right here at that question, Dr. Um, or Dr. Um, or Pastor Paul said, um, I want to call everybody doctor on this show. I don't know why. <laughs> you, you probably have doctorates, but um, you pay into that that um, that Part A by paying into Social Security, Medicare. B is a premium that everybody pays when you become eligible. And then we get options. We get those two choices right there. And so Part D is a standalone. If you take original Medicare, this thing is backwards, so I don't know how to point here. Um, and then you add your Medicare supplement, Medigap. Now, you just use that term, but I'm going to skip that for a second, uh, Ron, because I want to come down here to D. And, and D, we have to make a decision about. And if we don't, we get the penalty. But D is also a decision in option two. So D has to be decided upon in either one of those choices. So once we've made that part D decision, the, the, the way that the program works is identical. So whether it's in the standalone choice or the combined choice, Medicare Advantage Part C, it functions based on CMS guidelines. And here's the, here are those guidelines. They come with a premium. So the Part D has a premium, whether it's a part of a standalone or inside what we call Part C. Now on the Part C, and I'll just hold it up again because it helps me. On the Part C side over here, the Medicare Advantage, it all comes combined. And they don't tell you actually what portion of your drug plan is the portion of the premium they just give you one single premium and they don't give you the breakout of the medical and the part d and that matters so it's important to get that data when we're making that decision for part d 
over here, well, it's obvious because you get a premium and you know what that premium is when you enroll. These plans um, are required to put six major categories. I mentioned that last week um, into their plans. That's the foundation, the fundamentals. And then from there, they build out their plans and every plan is built out differently. So how do you know what plan's right for you? It's entirely based on the medications that you take. Mm -hmm. So CMS, and I know I'm kind of digressing a little bit, but I think it's important for me to just share the, the, the con context here. CMS requires all these plans to submit to them. So they have at cmsmedicare.gov, you just go in and you type in your zip code and you type in your medications and your pharmacy and it spits out data from the least expensive to the most expensive. And that's generally, it puts you in the ballpark. And then it allows you to look between the standalone prescription drug cost and then the part C, the Medicare Advantage plan. So it allows you to get a glimpse of those costs. From there, there are four stages to this part D. And I'll do my best to describe them. Here's where it gets complicated. There is a drug deductible. So it's what comes out of your pocket before the plan actually pays anything. So you're still paying a premium and then you're required to pay that deductible for 2022. It's, it goes up every year. It's $480 for 2022. Mm -hmm. So it means a little bit more money is going to come out of your pocket. And if you're on a fixed income, that's a big deal. Yeah. And from there, you move into the plan fixed benefits, which are, which are called tiers. So there's generally five tiers. Some plans have six. Those medications are put on formulary tiers, drug tiers, tier one through five. And based on the tier, it determines the co-pay. So it's a co-pay. So if it's a generic, often it's a zero. So you don't have to pay anything out of your pocket. The plan covers those costs. So that's nice. And if it's a tier three, like a brand, you may pay on average about $47. So the plan may cover $50 and you cover $47. And so that medication could run approximately $100. Now, here's what gets a little interesting. Something called the initial coverage limit. And every year that, that goes up. So for 2022, that plan goes, for, well, 2021, it's $4,130. And for 2022, it's $4,430. Now, why does that matter? Because the cost of the medications that both you and the plan pay into plus a discount amount that the plan offers goes towards, adds up, and once it reaches the $4,430 for 2022, 
you reach what's called the initial coverage limit. And the way that you pay for your medications changes once again to a third stage. Yeah, I know. Here's where it gets even tougher. I'm afraid. Because yeah. $4,000 in medication is not that much if we're yeah. looking at costs. That's correct. It, it, can yeah. be a, it can be one simple medication. And, it, it yeah. pushes it, and it's what you come out of your pocket for. So for the sake of this discussion, it moves you into what they call the gap or the donut hole. And that's not a pretty place because you had a partner. It was what you and the plan paid and the discounts that moved you to that initial coverage limit. In the gap, it's no longer what the plan pays. It's only what you pay. So the process slows down. And it's what comes out of your pocket plus the discount. And it's now a percentage rather than a fixed cost. So it's now 25% of the cost of those medications. So if you had this really expensive medication, and it, again, they're all pretty expensive, and you're paying $500 for it, and it was on your plan, and you were only paying $100, you're now responsible for 25% of that. So now your cost goes up to $125 for that exact same medication. Last month, you paid $100 for it. Now, if that's not enough, there's a catastrophic limit. Mm. So it's now what you are paying out of your pocket plus the discount, and when you reach... To tell you the truth, I don't even know what the catastrophic level is for 2022. It's, it's in the $7,000 range. I'm going to guess at 7,600. So I might have a chance to come back and clarify that number. But then you go, you reach that catastrophic level. And then the way that you pay for your medication changes again. It's what um, a fixed amount is at about $8.95 or 5%, whatever's greater. So if that medication was $500, now you're paying 5% of that medication. And that lowers the cost. But at that point, in our industry, we said they bled you dry. You just, you, you're not paying certain bills on fixed incomes. You're not paying, you're not getting your groceries. You don't have the heat on. Um, there's something um, that you're not able to pay for. And uh, so to answer your question, it's complicated and, and um, but you do get statements. The good news is, is you get a statement from the health plan that tells you what those costs are every single month. Mm -hmm. So you can guide and gauge. It's very important. In fact, it's the most important thing in my business which is to do a prescription drug review every single year if there's significant plan changes or adjustments or your medication changes. I'm gonna give you one example, and then I'm gonna tell you a poll that I took uh, today from our top uh, agency brokers. Um, I spoke to scores of people, this is the number one discussion, and I'm gonna give you some insights. Frankly, 
this is the hardest part of my business. Taking the time to gather prescription information and do accurate cost analysis. And I'm going to tell you why agents don't like to do this. It's because they don't get paid well for it. So that's the dirty secret in my business is there, there just isn't any revenue. It's like a lost leader. When you walk into the store, they put the potato chips and beer and things right up front that you put in your basket. But once you get in the store, um, then they want you to buy the beef and all those other items that they strategically place. So when it comes to prescription drugs, agents don't want to take the time. Um, frankly, that's my experience. Mm -hmm. And that is where they need to spend the most time. Mm -hmm. And um, because that's where things change. So I had a client this year. He said, nothing's changed except my doctor issued one medication. And he says, it's brand new. And this big red flag goes up for me every single time I hear a new prescription because mm -hmm. I think there's big inflated costs. And he couldn't even pronounce it. He was issued it about four months ago and it's called Rebelsis. Rebelsis. It's a brand new medication that has to do with uh, diabetes. And I hadn't heard of it. And, um, and he said, well, the first time I got it, it wasn't too much. It cost me about $400. And I said, what? And, and it pushed him into the deductible, something he, had to, hadn't, he didn't pay before. So he was going along, paying zero to no cost. And all of a sudden, he had a $400 deductible. Well, the next month, he paid $500 for the medication. And it's been that way every single month. And he said, doc, I need something different. And, uh, but it was working for him. And, um, and that was important to him. So he was going into his retirement savings to pay for this. The cost of that medication is almost $1,900. So to your point, Stephanie, a single medication. And, um, and so your doctor doesn't have that discussion with you. He just issues the medication. Yeah. So it's really important to call your agent, honestly, to call your health plan, to call your broker and say, what's this going to cost me and where should I pick it up? Because believe it or not, people just go to the same pharmacy mm -hmm. and pharmacies matter. Mm -hmm. You can pay twice as much at one pharmacy as you, as you might another. It's true. I, I, I'm so mad by what you were saying. So we, we've been off and on self-employed for a very long time, right? So we create our own premium and we do, we don't, we're a very healthy family. It's rare that we need prescriptions, but we do the whole prescription game. Like, I'm sorry, can you write me the generic? This is what I need. It's a, it's a $10 prescription, or this is what you know, the RX good coupon says like very, we have to advocate for ourselves what we want. But as you're telling me about this diabetic medication, I'm horrified because you have to say what I want to say about diabetes. I can't say it because you have a license. Well, well it's not by overweight, obesity. That's a common denominator for a lot of diseases, including heart disease, some cancers. And so if you've got 
overweight and obesity under control, these things would go away. So our, our, our program costs like like this and it's your food. It's what people are buying for food. And so if we and we see people over and over and over get off of these medications. And so I'm horrified as you're telling me it's nineteen hundred dollars for someone. I mean, that may be their entire income for a month. I mean, it, this is unacceptable. <laughs> we, that's, that's the way we're trained, right? We learn about diabetes type two and the treatment is to follow A1Cs and to put them on insulin when they need to or not, or now there's Juvia and there's this new one and you start to pay for the research and development of the new one and there's no generic for at least two years until the patent runs out. So yeah, you're caught in a bait and switch. You bought the cell phone, but now you need to pay for the service. Well, and my problem is senior citizens, generally speaking, are lower income. They are not our experimental population to try out a medication to have them pay top dollar. Something is wrong here. And I, you, you made a statement at the end of the last um, last week, which was. 50% of Medicare costs go out to very consistent medications. And I, I have repeated that probably 20 times this week in my conversation in our health space because I'm horrified by that. We, we can do something about that and we should do something about that. I'm not sure where to start. Well, like Stephen, how many... So you say plans. Plans are from different or same insurance company, but come up with different bean county ways to promote it, right? Or multiple insurance companies, correct? Yeah. And how many of them would you say are for profit? Well, I would say we should probably count the ones that are non for, not for profit. And there's probably three that are not right. for profit out of the scores and scores of of companies. Um, so, so, I mean, this is just a, I think there needs to be profit in parts of medicine or it wouldn't advance. Pharmacy is one of those. I mean, the sad part is we have a growing increase in resistance of bacteria and we have only two patents that are pending in antibiotics. So there's like no money in that. So no one's doing it. Total joints. There, there's a number of things that make sense to do but it's money, right? So unfortunately in business for research and development and pharmaceuticals and joint systems and those things, it's it's about money. And same with for-profit insurance companies. So if they're not in, I won't say that's totally not part of the nonprofit. If you look at Kaiser in California, they buy land to expand that makes it a write-off. So they're definitely expanding and they have a profit, but you just don't see it. So. I've been trained through a Kaiser. I've seen that. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's a weird, it's, it's an unfortunate, weird business system and model for all these things. I mean, like you said, you have multiple insurance companies trying to bean count to figure out what class of medications they can get the cheapest that you, you said, or, you know, you want to evaluate the cost effect of all these things. And it's, it's huge. I mean, if you could come up with a program, that, but it changes, like you said, from one, if you're taking a test every year, oh my gosh, look at you, that's studly. I take one every 10 years. <laughs> Thank you goodness for that. 
But you're doing it. Every, that's how. That's how much it changes every year. Yes, it's true. A month, and you get. I mean, I would get these things from the state that are, and I'm not going to read them. That's just not what I do. And I'm like, if I didn't, I, I, if I wrongly code for something, then a patient will come to me. I got charged this full fare for it. I'm like, well, let me. Ch- let me fix I know that. that. Yeah. Let me fix that by just a code for the diagnosis. Yeah. This yeah, was the difference. Dip- yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. no, Joe. Yeah. I, I th- this is this is the reason I'm so glad Stephen's with us because uh, of all the guys I've known in insurance and different groups over my life in church that I pastored. Uh, he did what you just said. I mean, he sat down, he took the time, he explained stuff to me. He went through, because he was figuring out where I needed, much like when you bring somebody to Christ, where you know what their problem is, where they're hurting, where their pain is. Jesus is the answer. And we know, and there's always some way. Stephen always found a way. I mean, it's it's miraculous what he's done to help me. But uh, now I can see, like you said, Tank, every year he's figuring out where they're coming from this year. What's next? And, um, Somebody, that's where we need to be, trying to figure out how to help like he does, and where does that come from? We've got we've got uh, nine minutes, so go for it, folks. Well, I I would I wanted to echo that one thing because uh, I I asked the question because I've talked to uh, more than one person, and even calling the government's hotline, uh, <laughs> you'll get different answers from different people. And it's the most ridiculous, irritating, frustrating experience. <laughs> well, one of the most experience, uh, experiences ever. Uh, because, I mean, and I, I, you know, until my mother-in-law came to live with us, had no idea how much of a nightmare uh, Medicare and drug and those things were. Had no, no clue. And she had 13 different medications. Oh. And it was trying to figure out which ones were cheaper and which ones. And yet certain doctors going, no, no, no. We have to have that one. We can't do this one. I'm going, okay, how do we, how do we decide what's, what's appropriate, what isn't? And then when I want to look at the financial side, okay, let me, look, let me see what their insurance company will cover and won't cover. And so that was another set of rules. And then I back to Medicare again. Hey, listen, <laughs> we want to get this medication because it's 150 bucks cheaper than this one. Uh, it does the same thing. It's all the criteria, blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, well, that's covered maybe up to this amount, and she's at this amount, and and your head's about to explode. Uh, so yeah, I <laughs> I appreciate the guys like you who study and study and who also care about people enough to say, listen, here's the straight scoop for it. Because quite frankly, I get even now this week, I probably get ten pieces of mail every day Amen, with yeah. different insurance agents about Medicare, <laughs> free meals to come to a restaurant to hear. And when you call people, you get different attitudes. Sometimes it's a, you, you know it, you're a customer. Mm-hmm. And then I have yet to talk to anybody that sound like you. <laughs> it says, hey, listen, let me ask you some questions to care about you and then make a decision. on it. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate you, man. I really well, do. Well, God thank you. you. I, I'd like to actually just, I, I, I want to field as many calls as I can, but I need to say something because I did take a poll earlier today with um, my agents that are out there working and educating. And the number one issue is medication this year. There's been consolidation of, of different companies. Oh. So a lot of prescription drug mergers, acquisitions, disruption, price increases, uh, and it's thrown us as as an agency um, into trying to figure out what's happening out there. 
And um, and so we're spending a lot of time. That's what the that's what uh, the poll was today in this area. So this year more than ever before, your cost of premiums, the medications, and doing that drug research is um, more important. Now I I do want to say this. I have to say it, Joe. I hope hope um, I don't step on somebody's toes here, but uh, um, it's the largest. Um, I guess I'm going to call it a scam so that I don't get myself in hot water with the companies that I represent and other agents out there. But it's the biggest scam we have ever seen, to your point, Ron, is people are, people are getting, on average, five to six calls per day, mm-hmm. not just information in the mail but calls so here's the rule cms has a clear ruling in our industry and we actually feel like our hands are tied when we first get into this space and we're going you have so many rules how do we actually engage the consumer to do the right thing here are the rules zero zero calling zero it is absolutely illegal for a licensed insurance agent to place a telephone call to a consumer zero if you get a call it's fraud if they ask you about your health care it's fraud wow wow zero and people are getting five to six of those a day right now we've not seen anything like i had three today yeah. Well, wow. how, how do you get your clients? I'm going to talk about that. So, <laughs> so it's challenging. So, contact and approach. So, agents put themselves in the marketplace. Thank you, Stephanie. That was a softball. We we go out and set up kiosks in front of at. at grocery stores at at pharmacies at churches at health fairs and we stand there and hope that somebody walks up and asks us a question why because it's illegal for us to contact and approach a medicare eligible you can't say we do medicare we can't even ask the question we just have to say hi how are you i hope you're having a good day and and have them respond and then see what we're doing and then ask us a question wow there's there's four minutes steve keep going four minutes okay i'll speed it up there's one way for us to do it and we have to actually spend money out of our pocket to mail information and for people to respond now you know why you get 10 mailers a day (laughs) so if you want to sort them out go for a local broker Right. Choose a local broker because they're compliantly trying to reach you. Okay. And if you respond to them and they start asking you important questions, and the three questions that they should ask you is, why are you calling? How did you find out about me? And by the way, in order for me to have a talk with you, I need to have on file a permission slip. <laughs> so before we can ask you a single question, or engage, 
we have to get something called a permission slip, which lists very specifically the scope of the conversation, Medicare Advantage, prescription drug or, or supplement. You have to authorize it in writing, send it back to us before we can actually have a discussion with you. Yeah. Wow. That's for your protection. If I if you want, if you if I start engaging you in a discussion about your benefits or your prescription drugs, hang up. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the strict rules and guidelines that we wonder how on earth, but here's how we actually get our clients, Stephanie. Once we've done a good job, people refer us. And that's how we get that's yes. Unique niche, yeah. <laughs> not an easy one, yeah. but a worthy. So, it's like Paul, maybe wants to be. No, Bob, I'm good. Two minutes, Tank. Go ahead, Tank. Two minutes. It's open enrollment right now, right? Yep. Okay, so, where are you going to be? Where's your booth? How do we get all, all the <laughs> other? Let me know. How do, you, how do we do this? <laughs> um, it's time to be bold. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'll put in a plug. All right. <laughs> yes, um, please. Good, because you're. Yeah, yeah. We have a website. It's it's. Uh, I don't even like to plug our stuff, but it's it's um, www.myinsurance. That's my insurance solutions. That's plural. It's got an S on it. Inc. Inc.com. That's our website. We feature our agents there that have gone through our training programs and everything that we do that we have vetted and we know that are doing the right thing. So you can find an agent, one of our agents that we know will do the right thing for you. Um, and if we don't have one in your area, we'll find one because there's just not enough of us that we know that are doing the right thing out there. Um, but we know how to ask questions and find out who they are and can make some recommendations and then provide some oversight. So I'm glad um, you said that, Tang. Steve, I'm glad. But we just run out of time. It's a horrible thing. I hate this. But uh, yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, we're going to find another way to get the word out there, Steve, because we really appreciate who you are, who you are as a, as a man, who you are with your heart for Christ and your heart for people. Your love for Christ, we feel, and how you help people. He shines through you that way. I've only talked to your office once, and the people are, were just like you. They're wonderful. So, uh, Joe, can I, I say have, one last thing? Yeah, go. Go. Um, as, a, as a wealth producer and a person that believes and likes to put my money where my mouth is, um, and I believe in what you're doing, I want to offer um, some kind of matching thing. I don't know how it works, but I want to offer some kind of matching donation to support your ministry. I hope I'm, I have to put a cap on it, but I'd like yeah. to offer $1,000 right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, um, Which medications are you know? <laughs> no, honestly, because this has nothing to do with my business side. But I'd like to offer $1,000. And if there are people that are listening to this, um, I'll match them dollar for dollar up to $1,000 that aren't regular contributors. So these are people who probably know they need to be doing something and helping out. And I don't know how you get the word out. And um, and I'm not going to put any limit on this. So this would be just new, do new donations. Um, 
uh, I'd like Thanks. to offer a thousand dollars to support what you do because these are amazing people. Boy, Steve, um, thank you. And um, and I like uh, that, that. I will give you a call because they're going to cut the line on us. We need to close. I'm getting my rap signs. And Steve, thank you, brother. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. Steve. Hey guys, Good love all of you. I'll get back to all of you. Maybe we just get him back with as soon as we can get him. <laughs> all right, Steve. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, brother. See you later. See you later. Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.